love Lucy. And I'm Diana, and I, you know, like Lucy. And this is My Favorite Redhead, the podcast where I show Diana every I Love Lucy episode in order, and then we discuss them together until she and all of you love Lucy too. This week's episode is number 15, Lucy Becomes a Sculptress. Yeah. <laughs> So the episode begins with Lucy looking through a family album when Ricky comes in, and she's trying to figure out between their different baby pictures what their baby's going to look like. And it was really cute because the pictures that they showed were like their actual baby pictures, so it was kind of cute. I recognized them. Uh, so she, she's really excited because, of course, Ricky is a musician, and she had, was her, her grandfather? Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather was an artist. And so she has this notion that the baby is going to grow up surrounded by the arts and culture. You know, she gets kind of self-conscious because she's like, well, if the, if the baby wants to be a musician, then he can go to you. But if he wants to be an artist, well, you know, I don't really, I don't really have any experience in that area. So I have to become a professional artist in the next however long before the baby's born. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? Yeah. So, she goes down to the art store, and it has this very, like, general store Michaels feel, <laughs> and it's very quaint and cute, but I'm like, that, that place would drive me crazy, because there's, like, one item per medium, and I need, like, I need aisles and aisles. <laughs> Options. Yes. Just as a side note, um, Jen from Fundy Friday says that Michaels is the gayest craft store, and Joanna's is asexual. I believe that. Joanne's. Joanne's is asexual. Mm. Which I think is very fun. So, yeah, she wasn't offering any evidence for that, but I was like... She doesn't have to. No, I was like, <laughs> you know, speaking for the aces, I'll take it. We'll take Joanne's. So. And uh, Hobby Lobby is very wolf. straight. Yeah. So the store clerk comes out and she's really funny because he's like, oh, what are you looking for? And she's like, art stuff. And they're having this whole back and forth about, you know, what's your medium and, you know, what what do you do, basically. And so she's like, oh, I don't know anything. And he notices her hands. And he's, like, obsessed with her hands. And he's like, you have to be a sculptress. And he just hands her this, like, wad of wet clay and she starts, like, squishing around in it. And he's like, oh, you have a gift. You're a genius. And, you know... Have you heard of Mr. Abbott, who's the owner of the store and also an art connoisseur? And so he has, he goes in the back and gets the guy out. And they're both like, oh my god, Mrs. Ricardo, you have such a talent for this. And she's like, really? And they're like, yes, you have to buy 50 pounds of clay. Yes. So it was a funny little scene. And her little, I don't even want to call it a sculpture, because she literally just squished it. Uh, it looks like the cal- caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Maybe that's what she was going for. Well, Maybe. So the next scene is they're back in the Ricardo's apartment and Lucy is sculpting when Ricky comes in and he's trying to guess what she's working on. And it's that it's that back and forth, like that classic, um, you can tell what it is, right? And he's like, of course, everyone can tell what it is. And she's like, <laughs> what is it? And he's like, uh. So they do that for quite a bit. And I learned, just as an aside, a trick, like a parenting trick, uh-huh. for how to handle that when you're kids or like kids that you're babysitting because... Full disclosure, I learned this from the Babysitter's Club. When, <laughs> when the kid shows you their artwork, you don't say, like, what is it? You ask them, why don't you tell me about it? And mm-hmm. then they'll just start going and going and going. And it saves you the 
you know, trouble of being like, is it an elephant? And them being like, no, it's, you know, my teacher at school. <laughs> so <laughs> be embarrassing if their teacher was an elephant. Yeah. That'd be cool. But artists love talking about their work. Mm-hmm. That's why you, you ask yeah. them like that. Yeah. Also, so that's what Ricky should have done. I'd be disappointed if the Babysitter's Club didn't have actual babysitting advice in it. It does occasionally. Yeah. See, that's, I feel mm-hmm. like that's good. I feel like yeah. it should. And then there's a whole separate... Um, babysitter's club guide to babysitting oh that's very handy yeah so um he's trying really hard to like it turns out it's like a a child at its mother's knee and i was gonna guess the dog and he guessed a child with a dog and i was like see we were close between the three of us (laughs) then ethel comes in and she also can't really tell what it is and Lucy's very hurt. And she's like, well, what I need is a live model. And there's, like, a beat. And then they both <laughs> bolt. And she's like, oh. For f-. So she calls Ethel back. And she's like, you're classically beautiful. And Ethel's like, yeah, uh-huh. Well, then, of course, the next scene, Ethel is, model- is modeling for her. So Lucy's trying to make a replica of her head. But she's a gossip and can't not wiggle. So the head comes out very, like, cubist. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a... Picasso did a bust yeah. of the Yeah. So then Ethel leaves, and Fred shows up, and he's looking for Ethel, and Lucy's like, you're gorgeous, you're a model. <laughs> so, and he's like, what? So, so she's got him modeling, what is it, the discus thrower? Yeah. And then uh, Ricky comes in, and of course he's very mature. And he just <laughs> howls and collapses, and it's... It's just too much. <laughs> so Fred wants to see the sculpture, but he gets all frozen up, and so he has to, like, hobble downstairs. So Lucy's like, you know what I need? I need a professional model. And so she and Ricky bicker a bit about money, and Ricky says, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have an art critic come by to look at your work, and if he thinks you have real talent, then we'll buy you a model. Or, well, <laughs> we're not going to buy you a model. <laughs> we'll hire a model. You can't just buy people. No, that's illegal now. Yeah. So the next scene is they're back in the kitchen. Lucy's mixing plaster of Paris in a metal bucket. And Lucy comes in. And so Lucy's saying that she's going to make a bust of herself. And girl, I, I just had this image of her like... I had to pause. Twice. And, yeah. <laughs> and be like, she's going to forget the straws. <laughs> she's gonna forget that she has to cover her hair like I was just having all of these horrible horrible ideas and Brianna's just no help at all well that's not what this show is about I can't spoil things because if I'm like well here's what Lucy's gonna do then you're gonna watch it and you would be like yeah I knew that was gonna happen and then we we wouldn't have these wonderful moments where yeah. I have to be like you guys I was so anxious <laughs> I have no fingernails left so while she's talking to Ethel she's got her arm in the bucket And the plaster has hardened around her hand. That's how they cook up their plan. So Ricky brings Mr. Harvey over to the apartment and Lucy welcomes them. Or sorry, Ethel welcomes them, which is, you know, odd because Ethel doesn't live there. Mm -hmm. And Lucy's not there. And there's a large table in the center of the room with a blanket over it. Or a sheet. And Ethel says that Lucy's gone down to the shops. And Ricky says we should wait for her. Mr. Harvey says, actually, I prefer to critique art when the artist isn't around, which I actually thought was quite kind of him. Yeah. Because you don't want to tell somebody that their baby's ugly. (laughs) So they take the sheet off, 
And, of course, it's Lucy poking her head up through the table. But she's got her eyes closed, so she looks, like, just ahead, right? And Mr. Harvey is very impressed. Everyone's walking around the table and examining it. And Mr. Harvey wants to buy it on the spot. Ethel says, no, of course not. But Ricky's like, oh, well, maybe. And Mr. Harvey offers to buy it for $500. And Ricky is like, well, we'll sell it to you right now. And, of course, Lucy's eyes pop open because... We know that that's actually her. And uh, so Ethel's like, no, you can't buy it. I mean, look, the mouth is wrong and the chin is wrong and it's just, it's just ugly. And so she's mushing Lucy's face around. And Mr. Harvey's like, well, you know, in a couple of years when she's famous, this is going to be worth a lot of money. Mr. Harvey has to leave because he has an appointment. So he just wants to take the head with him immediately to show off. So he turns around and grabs Lucy's head and pulls. And, of course, she screams and stands up. <laughs> and he goes running out of the office, out of the apartment. And Ricky's upset because he just lost out on $500. And was embarrassed. And, I mean, that's fine. We care less about that. <laughs> Alrighty, so this one aired January 12th, 1953. And was filmed November 7th, 1952. It was written by Jess Oppenheimer, Madeline Pugh, and Bob Carroll Jr., and directed by William Asher. It was based on the My Favorite Husband radio episode, Liz Becomes a Sculptress. Hmm. And in that one, Liz isn't pregnant, she doesn't have a baby on the show, but she goes to this thing and she learns that having hobbies helps older people stay sharp. Mm. So she decides to get a new hobby so that by the time she's older and George is you know, gone, no longer with her, that she'll have something to do. And something course, to keep me company after you die. Yeah, and then of course they have a whole conversation about that. And there's like a similar setup after that. She gets conned into buying a whole bunch of art supplies, and she decides she needs a model, but she ends up hiring a model, and then it's kind of a bit like the saxophone, where George gets jealous, and there's a guy hiding in the closet. <laughs> And then George dissuades her from continuing with art by hire, or he decides he's going to be a painter, and he hires his own model, who's played by like a hot girl. Mm-hmm. What was really cool was that Bea Benadaret voiced that girl, and she did oh. a little giggle, and it was just like the Betty Rubble giggle, and I was like, oh, fun episode. That was cute. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, the pictures in the photo album in this episode are obviously real pictures of young Lucy and Desi when... They were little. <laughs> and two of those pictures, the one where she has the hair bow and he's, you know, standing up in his little bloomers. <laughs> those were hanging on the wall of the Desi Lou headquarters. And there was a little sign below him that said our president and vice president, which Aww. is very cute. And the picture of Lucy's artist great grandfather was actually our boy, Bob Carroll Jr. Oh, cool. That was the picture that I was referencing in our discussion of being the Ricardos and I was like, cover your ears. <laughs> so <laughs> and when Ethel is gossiping about their friend who had the twins and she's like, You'll never believe what happened to Jane Sebastian. That was a reference to one of Vivian Vance's real life closest friends, mm. Jane Sebastian, who was a radio script writer. She was actually Vivian was the godfather to her son John Sebastian who went on to be the lead singer of the band The Loving Spoonful, who sang that song, Do You Believe in Magic? Mm. And he also sang the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter. You know, for you TV land kids out there like myself. (laughs) Godmother. 
Yes. Did I say Godfather? <laughs> you did. I apologize. Sometimes I just get talking and words Well, you know, Ethel was worried that she would be a godfather. Mm-hmm. She was like, am I going to be a godmother or a godfather? And since it was a boy, mm-hmm. I decided, well, godfather. Yeah. I'm not going to fix that in editing because <laughs> it's going to be too much work. You listeners will just have to understand. Yeah. <laughs> the store clerk was played by Leon Belasco. He was born in Russia in 1902. And he studied music in Japan, actually, before moving to Hollywood to get into show business. He appeared in Topper Takes a Trip, Casablanca, and on TV, he had appearances on My Three Sons, The Dick Van Dyke Show, and Little House on the Prairie. Wow. And the store owner, Mr. Abbott, was played by Shepard Mencken, who we saw as the amorous French dude in the Adagio. I thought he looked familiar. (laughs) And we discussed him in our episode... On that one, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to know more about him. And Paul Harvey played the art critic. Not the, like, radio journalist Paul Harvey, but another guy with coincidentally the same name. What happens? Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not an uncommon name, so. So he was born in 1882, and he began his career as a character actor, both on stage and then in films. Hmm. He was in silent movies, and then he... Stayed around into talkies. He appeared in The Awful Truth, which is one of my very favorite movies, and it stars my boyfriend, Cary Grant. Everybody's boyfriend. Yes, but I'm calling dibs. <laughs> <laughs> and Handsome devil. Yes. And he was in Father of the Bride and Father's Little Dividend with <laughs> I <laughs> Elizabeth hate that Taylor. Title. <laughs> well, I mean, take it up with the screenwriters of 1951. I know. I just <laughs> Every time I hear it, it makes me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when they did the remakes in the 90s, when they did the sequel, it's not called Father's Little Dividend. It's just called Father of the Bride 2. Ugh. So. <laughs> and I don't think the daughter was getting married in that movie. I think she was just having a baby. <laughs> but then also, the mom had a baby, so they were pregnant at the same time. But yeah, so... This actor, he was in seven films with our girl, Lucille Ball. That's a lot. It is. So, that's pretty cool. That's about it on production notes today. Um, What did you think of this episode? (laughs) I thought this episode was insane. But I, I mean, yeah. But I didn't, I like, I liked it. It was a lot of fun. I, I don't think it's super surprising that I tend to really enjoy the episodes centered around the arts. Yeah. <laughs> so th- those tend to be my favorites. So this one was, I thought it was really funny. I also have zero talent with visual art. So. If you have zero, then I have like negative 20. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to agree to that. I'm just, I'm commiserating that level of confidence. So, I I like all of her really shitty sculptures. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I feel like I could do better than that. <laughs> what I love about Lucy, though, is that she has the conviction that all of those shitty sculptures are beautiful. She just throws herself into everything with both feet. And she does everything and she just totally believes in herself and she's like no my art is improving and it's wonderful I like how she's and i need just you to support me for somebody to be like no you're a genius and yeah. then she can be like look i'm a genius <laughs> but she's like halfway there already in her head so <laughs> honestly you're right yeah <laughs> i didn't want to be the one to say it but it's kind of true yeah <laughs> but yeah i think we could all learn something from her because i mean most people that are creative 
tend to be their own harshest critics. But that is not Lucy's That's how you can tell she's probably all. not destined for the arts. Yeah. She doesn't have enough self-loathing. <laughs> Whenever she creates Imposter something, she's like, who? this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that about her, though. But yeah, it's a very... Very funny, silly episode. And I I did enjoy you being like, is she going to forget the straws? What's she going to do? What's going to happen? And I was like, <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm kind of glad she didn't, though, because there again, there there are so many opportunities to make her humor um, look just stupid mm-hmm. and just be like, oh, well, she didn't consider the straws or she didn't consider, you know, the, the hair, the cap on her hair or whatever, mm-hmm. like... Really, what happened was she got talking and distracted. Yeah. <laughs> so, I do like that they do have that... Uh, they do infantilize her a lot. She does cry to get what she wants. But, they never go so far as to make her dumb. Yeah, she's not stupid. She's just a little bit of an airhead sometimes when she's yeah. excited. And who among about... us isn't? Yeah. So, we all get distracted. We all get excited. But, they don't insult her mm-hmm. by by making her dumb. I mean, she's a little bit gullible sometimes. Yeah. But she's, I mean, she's already halfway there. She's already excited. So, yeah. and also, who of us haven't been upsold something at a craft store when you're trying oh, to definitely. Or pursue just, a new just art? Just in general. Yeah. And, you know, I really love that she's just, like, willing to try new things, and she's so funny. And I, I like also, like you said, that they didn't go for, like, her putting on the plaster and forgetting the straws because like that's a little bit more predictable yeah whereas this you can maybe sort of see it coming that lucy's gonna pretend to be a statue yeah and i had seen a still from that episode yeah it's a classic image yeah i think i think it's a funnier idea that she does that because you know she's got such an expressive face yeah so that's really fun and by the way the term for all that stupid shit she was doing with her face is called gurning for those of you who aren't familiar with the art <laughs> it's also what popeye is famous for yeah yeah that nice. grotesque facial expression mm-hmm. i had a friend in my gaming group in college who used gurning as a special attack <laughs> she'd combine it with her intimidate skill <laughs> i love that yeah. yeah i thought it was a pretty fun one yeah so I would offer you some pop culture now, but there wasn't much today. Yeah. So I have just just a little a little snippet. Um, we did get a mention of the New York Times, which we have already discussed. We talked about that in the amateur hour, but I feel like you guys probably didn't need me to tell you about the New York Times, just like you also probably don't need me to tell you about the discus throwing Greek statue or Hercules or all the other things that they sort of mentioned. However, we can do an episode on any of that for you (laughs) You if you go ahead and do what we need you to do. So (laughs) we're always open to... uh, And we won't put it behind a paywall like the New York Times does. Exactly. Fuck them for that, to be honest. Yeah. But did you have any favorite line. Boy, did I. This is one of those that has a lot of visual gags, and yet I did still have a lot of favorite lines. So I loved when they were looking through the baby pictures, and they had that little picture of Ricky in his little sailor suit, and he said that was just about the time I joined the Navy. He was so cute. And then when she was like, hey, I have an idea, because, you know, she wanted to get involved in the arts, and she said, I have an idea, and he paused, and he looked so dead inside. (laughs) 
And he said, I know I shouldn't ask this, but what is it? And it was a wonderful moment of self-awareness. And this isn't specifically what she said, but I do like when she went to the art store and the guy was like, are you looking for anything? And she was like, bring me art stuff. <laughs> I'd like some art supplies, please, here in the art supplies store. Yeah. That's me every time I go into Michael's. Yeah, that's fair. And they're like, oh, what are you working on? And I'm like, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. We'll I haven't started yet, but what's, what's here? Yeah. What's going on? So, uh, when he was critiquing her work, and she said, I just squeezed it along that lines, and he said, the world is waiting for a squeezer like yours. <laughs> and then, uh, at one point, she she said something like, I was worried I was doing it wrong, and he said, was Michelangelo wrong? And I was like, yes, objectively, yes. <laughs> Michelangelo's anatomy was terrible. <laughs> Proportion, color, yeah. everything. Michelangelo was a hack. So, um, then when she was trying to seduce... Ethel into staying around. She said, you can do a statue of me running down the back stairs. Goodbye. <laughs> and then I think my last one is when she was explaining. She said, I'm going to make a bust of myself. And Ethel said, I thought you'd already done that. Yeah. Ethel was savage in this episode. I, I saw you it. literally throw your head back and laugh at that one. So I had a feeling <laughs> that was, was so going to make mean. it. I love it, though. It's so funny. <laughs> Ethel so is mean. so... She's so savage sometimes, and just, like, the sarcasm, and she she's a wonderful character. So. I don't even think we're at that point in our relationship yet, <laughs> where you're like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm like, oh, you suck, why? Yeah. <laughs> you fucking loser. <laughs> fucking weirdo, sure. Oh, yeah, we say that every day. <laughs> it's true. So I liked when Lucy was like, I have to become a fine artist in three weeks because literally everyone in the room was like, <laughs> so we We're all like, all right. We all um, reacted yeah. very emotionally. <laughs> so that was fun. And um, when At Lucy, me every time I take up a new hobby. Yeah. I, I totally relate because... It's that thing where you're like, well, if I'm not immediately good at this, fuck it forever. Gotta find a new one. And then, you know, you try it, and it's just like, well, I wasn't immediately good, because yeah. that's how things don't work. And then some chucklehead is like, well, you gotta practice, and you're like, well, you gotta fuck off and shut yeah. up. You gotta tell me something I don't know, boy. I'm here looking for my innate talent, not a yeah. skill that I have to practice. <laughs> Ugh, who's got time? Right? I also liked when Lucy was like, at least you have taste and appreciation for art. And Ethel's like, I do? <laughs> it's very cute. And then also when um, Lucy's like, it's as plain as the nose on your face. And Ethel's like, is it the nose on somebody's face? <laughs> yeah. And she really just was genuinely guessing. She had no idea. I almost wrote that one down, too. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of good lines. I was like, you can't one. write down every line. Yeah. <laughs> it's tempting sometimes. I really try. Especially when there are some really quick quips like that it's hard not to be like yep that was the yeah. one but yeah that's about it for today unless you had anything else to add i would this is kind of off topic but i do maybe have to apologize to the listeners this week we have an injured doggy who's sitting in the middle of the floor and she's very extroverted yeah and she, normally we sit together on the couch but she's in the middle of the floor and she gets really lonely We've so, kind of been taking turns yeah. sitting with her while the other one's yeah. talking. So, yeah. <laughs> but we love her. So, and if we you wish hear little well. nails clacking or whimpering or her tags. Or if our voices ever sound far away. Yes. We're, we're puppy sitting. Yeah. 
But she's worth it. She is. But please join us next week when lots of excitement happens. Because we'll be discussing Lucy Goes to the Hospital. Uh-oh. In which our favorite foursome becomes a five-some. Ah, uh, that's not three weeks. My goodness. Well, you know, in this last episode, she was six months pregnant. And today, in this episode, she only had three weeks to go. My so goodness, time does move differently. I suspect that there's some time between these episodes. Yeah. Sitcom land. Yeah. And we did have to cover, like, an entire nine-month pregnancy in eight episodes, I think they did. Yeah. So, you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to show. Yep. But, anyways, there's going to be a whole thing, a whole little <laughs> person. But I don't want to get too much into that, because I think we'll have plenty to say next time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> So we will see you then for a big, important episode. Oh, let's see if we can uh, break the record on this viewership. Yes. Yeah. Spread the word. Yes, listen to us. We gotta get record numbers. We have... Our record is actually held at this point by our being the Ricardo's review for the most listeners, but then the next one after that, I think, is the Freezer, which is kind of a random one. It is weird. But, um... You would think that it would have been like Lucy does a TV commercial, but Google Podcasts didn't cooperate that week, so I think that the listens on that one were kind of compromised, but that's a whole thing I can't get into because I am still angry about it, but it's fine. (laughs) It was a long time ago, and I'm over it now, and it's fine. But anyways... So spread the word so we can break our records. Spread the word, and also just do the usual podcast things that we're supposed to remind you to do, Mm -hmm. and... Like and subscribe and share and comment and leave a review. A five-star review. Yeah. Not any of those stinky ones. No. But thank you for supporting us and listening to us, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Say bye-bye, Sadie. Oof. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher to make sure you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at My Favorite Redhead, on Tumblr and Facebook at My Favorite Redhead Podcast. Tweet us at My Favorite Redhead or drop us a line at My Favorite Redhead Podcast at gmail.com. And if you love Lucy and you enjoy our show, give us a good rating and review. 